welcome to Decolonizing the Blockchain, where we talk about all things crypto, Bitcoin, and blockchain related. So today we are talking about buying cryptos and lots of people know Bitcoin. So let's just stick to Bitcoin. When it comes to crypto, there are two approaches to actually buying. There is custody or custodial accounts, which means that what the, the third party you're buying it from or the site you're buying it from will actually keep your cryptocurrency, whether they be Bitcoin, Ethereum, or whatever, for you. Um, you just purchase it and you don't have to worry about security. It's done. Then there are what are called self-custody accounts. And these are accounts where you actually have to purchase the cryptocurrency and then secure the cryptocurrency. So today we have with us our blockchain evangelist, Maoli Adjue, who's going to actually take us through the, the, the two types of um, buying strategies and um, places where you can actually purchase it. So this is going to be a short one, but a good one. So with that said, Maoli, let's talk first about buying through um self-custody because that's really the more complicated of the two approaches so where what are the ways that you can actually purchase um cryptocurrencies like bitcoin um through a custodial um, self-custody strategy so meaning that you are acquiring them and keeping them and securing them yourself yeah um definitely we have networks um so we have two websites uh, holdhold.com and the second one is bisc.network it's peer-to-peer so you're just interacting with other bitcoin enthusiasts just like yourself you're not dealing with an institution okay and so self-custody is you're dealing with it yourself so where can you actually purchase and some crypto if you're going the self-custody route. Yeah, so you have a BISC.network, for example. Um, they basically just bring the two of you together and make sure there's no scam. And they do this by asking everybody to pay a security deposit. So if anybody misbehaves during the transaction, they lose their deposit. And because of that, everybody, even though you're anonymous, everybody fulfills their side of the transaction. And then at the end of the transaction, they get their security deposit back. Interesting. And these types of exchanges are called decentralized. Am I correct? Yeah, decentralized. So you're dealing with an individual uh, somewhere in Alaska. He'll send you money in the mail or on Cash App or in your bank account, however, and then you send him crypto and it's all anonymous. So what makes them decentralized? It sounds like because they're peer-to-peer and no one really controls it, it, it actually, it, that's why they call them de- decentralized. Is that kind of... Yeah, so uh, for example, with Coinbase, you're dealing with one company. And if the government shut down Coinbase, that's the end of story for everybody. Whereas decentralized, you're dealing with millions of people around the world. So they can't be shut down. So it's a network, basically, and no one controls it. So let's talk about the centralized exchanges, because I think a lot of people are familiar with Coinbase, Binance. um, And so... 
um, centralized, I think you've already alluded to, it means that it's a central entity that's controlling it. Um, and so, and they, these entities are usually regulated for some people, regulation, um, equals security for other people. It doesn't. So, um, uh, talk through some of the, 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 um, the exchanges that are centralized and what are the pros and cons of going that route? Yeah, we have exchanges like Coinbase and the rest. And the benefit here is, I mean, you're trusting them. So, uh, it's simple. It's a simple process. You just go to one company and you buy from the website. That's the end of story. So you have Coinbase.com, Binance.com, Blockchain.com, and Bitstamp.com. And there are lots of other ones out there. We're just giving you a few. So the whole point of centralized exchanges is that the biggest one is usually the most trustworthy. So they win. So there's usually fewer of them. That's what I'm trying to say. Let's talk through the pros and cons of decentralized versus centralized. So what are the cons? We've already been through the pros um, of centralized versus decentralized. What are the cons for each of them? Um, privacy. So uh, usually the centralized ones are required to do KYC, you know, your customer. So they have to take your passport or your ID, which means if they get hacked and they do get hacked a lot, you lose your ID and it gets used for scam. Um, also, if they get hacked, you lose your coins. And also, you know, of course, those niche on you to the IRS, so you don't have a choice. Okay. And then what about the cons for the decentralized exchanges? Uh, the decentralized ones, the cons, maybe uh, it's difficult. You have to do the hard work or pay money to guarantee that you're trustworthy, and the other person has to do the same. So it's more tedious. Okay. And so, yeah, I think that th th this is really good information. Um, let's talk through the last option, which is the ATMs. So I live in Massachusetts. You live in California. Um, I see Coinstar um, ATMs all over the place, or excuse me, Coinstar vending, um, coin vending machines all over the place. Um, and they have the Bitcoin logo on them. So that's one place that I would consider a Bitcoin ATM where you're putting fiat currency or fiat coins into a, a machine and it, it prints out a receipt for this amount, a specific amount of Bitcoin. Um, there are other, other options when it comes to physical like freestanding machines or ATM. Um, Molly, can you walk us through what you have available in California? Yeah, of course. Um, same way with a coin machine. There's machines that take uh, bills and then they'll give you a Bitcoin. Uh, it's as simple as that. Okay. So you we spent 10 minutes on just talking about how to acquire Bitcoin. Thank you for spending this time with us. Um, join us for the next episode where we'll really delve into how to actually get Bitcoin by, by actually not purchasing it, but getting either paid or um, doing work in exchange for Bitcoin. So it, really interesting stuff. Maoli, as always, we thank you for taking time from basking in the sun to talk to me, to me and to our listeners about Bitcoin and um, cryptocurrency and we hope that you all have a great day and you join us for the next episode.